Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. The genealogy at the end of Ruth comes up in the opening of Matthew, and the first names named are deliberate. Abraham fathered Isaac. So Ruth exists within the same family line. Matthew evokes the exact same family line where the covenant began in the first place. Abraham is named here because Matthew's original audience were Jewish readers, and they would have immediately known that name, Abraham. I once spoke with uh, a Messianic Jew. He's a Christian who believes Jesus is the Messiah, of course, and he observes certain you know, uh, festivals and things like that within Jewish heritage, uh, such as the Feast of Purim, as what originally you know began in the, the events of the book of Esther, and he continues on today. But he does not carry out uh, Jewish practices that would presuppose the Messiah had not come because he believes that Jesus is the Messiah. Hence, he is a Messianic Jew. He's a Christian who observes uh, Jewish heritage. When he grew up, he was told that not to read the New Testament. The New Testament was demonized in his eyes. And he was told that the New Testament was a manual on how to persecute Jews. And then when he actually read the Gospel of Matthew, the very first name in the genealogy is Abraham. He was shocked to see that it begins with a name that he knows, the progenitor of the whole Jewish nation, the patriarch of the covenant himself, Abraham. That God would make this promise to Abraham numerous times in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, is how this whole thing began. It was a covenant. It was a sacred promise from God that was as good as the character of God himself, meaning it is as reliable as God is reliable. So it is absolute. But it was hard for Abraham to believe at times. Abraham, like many of us, would even resort to his own means to try to ensure that this promise from God would come about. He had reason to doubt. He's a hundred years old for crying out loud. It seems unlikely at that point that he's gonna have a kid. It's even, it's even the origins of the name Isaac, Itzak, Hebrew for, uh, for, for laughter, he laughs. Right? It's, it's so funny because Sarah didn't believe it. I mean, God himself even shows up in triune form to have this meal with Abraham and it's prophesied to him that you're gonna have a son in your old age through your wife, Sarah. And Sarah laughed at the thought, right? Uh, that she laughed at the idea that she in her old age would have a child. So she intervenes as well. She, they, they kind of plot, Abraham and his wife kind of plot to try to have a child in a way that would, you know, kind of force God's hand. God said he would do it. They didn't really believe that he would do it. It seemed laughable at the time you know, that, that, that he, that the two of them would have a child in their old age, even in the, uh, even in the book of Hebrew, even the book of Hebrews, it's, 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 <laughs> it's reasoned that he's as good as dead. Like he's such an old man that in Hebrews chapter 11, it's like he was as good as dead. Like it was, it seemed laughable that they would have a child, hence the name Isaac. And then all the more confounding is that, um, is that God would then in Genesis 22 ask, Abraham, not even ask, command Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. The first two names in the genealogy that, that shows up at the beginning of Matthew and the end of Ruth, one of them almost killed the other one. Abraham fathered Isaac, and he, he fathered Isaac late in life, miraculously so. He fathered also another child. It was this contingency plan. Do you have any contingency plans in your own life in case God doesn't come through, you're gonna deliver yourself? Watch 
watch that, <laughs> all right? Uh, God, uh, God was able to redeem the story through Hagar, uh, Abraham fathered Ishmael. Ishmael will become the progenitor as well of Arab nations. So there's beautiful redemption that comes about in the long run, but it was also, uh, it was a contingency plan enacted by Abraham and Sarah to just in case God didn't really mean what he said, just in case God didn't really come through. When they do have Isaac um, and God has miraculously provided, the covenant almost seems completely lost because God tells Abraham to do the unthinkable. Sometime later, Genesis 22, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. You always say, here I am, when God talks to you. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. It's, this, is, this is something that Abraham has experienced before, where God gives him direction, but not really. All right, go. All right, so he leaves you know, uh, the Urb, uh, land of the Ur of the Chaldeans. Geography kind of gives him a basic compass bearing as to where to go, but he doesn't know where he's going until he gets there. Same kind of thing happens here. He doesn't know what mountain he's going to until he gets there, this region of Moriah. But what's all the more confounding is that God told him to kill his kid. Never been prescribed by God before. It was actually a pagan practice of that day and age. I've seen a lot of speculation around this by really prominent pastors with blue check marks by their name who failed evidently to read the book of Hebrews. Don't try to speculate as to what Abraham was thinking. Rather, read the Bible. It tells us exactly what Abraham was thinking. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, we know exactly, exactly what Abraham thought. He reasoned that God was able to raise the dead, and he thought that he would. Hebrews 11, verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundation, but whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, and she considered that the one who had promised was faithful. This is a gracious rendering, right? We've overlooked some of Sarah's shortcomings here and, and given her right credit for her faith. Verse 12 of Hebrews 11, therefore from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, okay, he's 100 years old, came offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and, innumerable, and, and, and as innumerable as the grains of sand along the seashore. Skipping down to verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He received the promises, and yet he was offering his one and only son, the one to whom it had been said, your offspring will be traced through Isaac. This is a quotation of Genesis chapter 21, verse 12. He considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead. Therefore, he received him back, figuratively speaking. This opening of the genealogy begins with rich history, right? It's more than just two names, isn't it? Abraham fathered Isaac. That was a miracle. That Isaac survived is also miraculous because he was, he was as good as dead. Abraham was going to follow through with the knife. We know according to Hebrews chapter 11, 
all right, that he believed God was going to raise him from the dead. He, uh, that's Hebrews 11, verse 19. If you're wondering what was Abraham thinking, read Hebrews 11:19 19, because it literally tells you what Abraham was thinking. That Abraham fathered Isaac was a miracle, uh, miracle that Isaac survived the whole or ordeal was miraculous. That the whole scene took place the way that it did was intentional. Everything in the first two names in the genealogy of Matthew foreshadowed the way the gospel ends. Everything about Abraham almost killing Isaac foreshadowed Jesus on the cross before the father. Just as Isaac carried the wood himself, Jesus most of the way to his own hill where he would be crucified. Some historians believe it was the same mountain where Abraham brought Isaac, Jesus carried his own cross. Just as the father provided on that mountain with Abraham and Isaac, God provided on Golgotha for the Christ. Just as the father received the son back in Genesis 22, the father would receive the son back from the dead in the Gospel of Matthew. From the very first two names in the genealogy of Matthew, the same two names that also are referenced, the same genealogical line, the same family line that is right here in the book of Ruth, Okay, from Abraham to Isaac, to Jacob, to Judah, to, to Perez, uh, Perez and Tamar, Perez and Hezron and Hezron, Aram, Aram, Aminadab, the same genealogical line that is continued right here in the book of Ruth that begins with Abraham and Isaac and all of it, God is sovereign. God knew all the way back in Genesis what he would do upon the cross in Matthew. Again, behold the miraculous and perfect historicity of the word of God. There's nothing like it in the world. You can absolutely trust your Bible.